Hi, my name is Adam. Hi, my name is Bridget. I'm back, and my name is Johnny. <laughs> and we've, we've never seen, seen Staying Alive! alive. everybody to another episode of fine owl watch it you heard all of our names up top including johnny's who's hi back. i'm back i'm here uh, and we are here on the show where we show somebody anybody sometimes multiple people a film they've never seen before but absolutely should have and this week we are continuing our trend during sequel september and watching sequel films to the movies that we have watched already on the show just to catch you guys up to where we are in sequel September, uh, we have done Jaws 2, the sequel to Jaws, U.S. Marshals, the, se- the sequel to The Fugitive, uh, and then last week we did Predator 2, a sequel to Predator 1. <laughs> uh, this week we are, uh, of course, sticking, like I said, with sequels, so we have jumped to 1983's follow-up to Saturday Night Fever aptly titled Staying Alive, Staying Alive. I, I want to make sure it's Staying Alive, starring John Travolta. Johnny Bridget, welcome. Thank you. Hi. Now, Johnny, you have not been here for the last couple of weeks, as we've illustrated. Uh, yep. Oh, you did say hello last week. It was very convincing. Everybody believed it. I heard that, by the way. <laughs> it, I, was, I thought it was me. Yeah. <laughs> You get that weird reverberation in your headset there. But just wanted to touch base if you've seen any of the movies that we covered while you were out. Have you seen U.S. Marshals? Are you intrigued by it? You have seen it. You are not. I'm nodding my head. Uh, I've seen U.S. Marshals and I've seen Predator 2. Okay. Well, how do you feel about both sequels in terms of them on their own, them in comparison to the originals? Let's get kind of your take before we move on to today's <laughs> I have not seen them in a very long time. U.S. Marshals, I remember being fairly copy and paste of... The Fugitive, mm-hmm. like, uh, stunts and Tommy Lee Jones thinking some guy is, like, the worst dude then is, like, the coolest dude by the end of the movie. Uh, I remember there's, like, swamps in the beginning of the movie. There's trains at some points. And I don't really know the outcome. They're probably buddies at the end. They, the ending makes it seem like they're going to join forces and do a task force. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm hazy on it. All I know is Tommy Lee Jones is great. And I'm sure I remember him doing just as good as a job in that as he did in The Fugitive. Like, he didn't really phone it in. Like, he just... Yeah. Unless you guys thought that he did. No, I mean, our takeaway was basically, like, the the lines aren't... The quippy lines aren't as good, but, like, he's still doing a great job. Like, there wasn't as many memorable one-liners from his character in particular, right. but it was still... I had fun with it. I had never seen it before, and was, I had a blast. Um, Not as good as The Fugitive, obviously, but <laughs> good. Uh, and then Predator 2 uh, is Danny Glover... Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. Danny Glover and Predators in the City. Uh, I remember being pretty gnarly during some scenes, and I remember there's some sort of chase through a spaceship at the end. Or in, there's like a spaceship at the end. Yeah, they, they, are, did, they, they are in. The final like one-on-one battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I remember in from In the it. spaceship. Well, I mean, they pretty much nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's some spine ripping. There's some sure. skinless people. I remember the skinless people. I remember there's like a pretty gruesome or scene where they're kind of like going through the aftermath and there's just like skinned bodies all over this like apartment or something, if I remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And the uh, sex coke den. Yeah. From the, the guy who runs the syndicate or whatever. Got it. Yeah. Gets murdered by the voodoo, voodoo mafia. Right. The voodoo mafia. <laughs> yeah. Jamaican voodoo posse, that's what it was. 
<laughs> it's good. I had a fun time with that one too. Yeah, you guys liked that one too. Um, yeah, I, I really liked it. it. <laughs> yeah, I kind of when I saw your text, you're like, "We'll finally watch a bad movie, a bad sequel." This so I'm like, "Oh, they must have really liked the last two then." Yeah, it had something good for me personally. Yeah, it hit the right spot. <laughs> me personally, <laughs> I don't know about anyone else, but I did stay on the Predator kick though. This week, I did finally watch the Predator, the 2010 Adrian Brody one. Pretty good. Okay, like yeah. I had heard. So. Predator franchise, mostly good. Yeah. I've always did heard up and down. Did you watch the new one, Prey? Yes, I did talk a little bit about that. Oh, I watched okay. that um, when it came out. Very, very good. Very much worth watching. Streaming on Hulu. Absolutely take a look. It costs you nothing. Do you just plug Hulu? I think you just plugged Hulu. I mean, basically. I plugged a movie <laughs> on Hulu that I really enjoyed. So Gotcha. Most people probably have it with a bundle with Disney+, Plus, which everybody has, too. It's its own thing. Yeah. 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 How much is it a month? <laughs> no idea. Okay. Yeah. If you don't have it, your friend has it. Yeah. yeah. Somebody you know has it. You don't have to pay anything. I kind of really wanted to say it was nine ninety five for the first 12 months. I, I have no idea anymore. It just auto-bills. Leave, leave your email in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> it auto-bills, and they raise prices every six months anyway. So I, who can keep it? Who, who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> but moving on from that to a, a movie now, Johnny, you mentioned our text thread and how uh, Bridget and I have been discussing wanting to watch a bad movie in sequel September as we all kind of talked about at the beginning of like oh hopefully we can watch some shitty sequels in september maybe modify the name but so far pretty decent from what we've seen uh i think the consensus that we've had is not as good as the original which is tough to do anyway but overall enjoyable fun films even if they're not the best movies yeah still great fun sequels get a bad rap man this one though i think will live up to sequels getting the bad rap staying alive from 1983. So I want to get everybody's kind of take on what they're expecting for this movie, but just kind of recap. Let's go through what we thought of Saturday Night Fever. Have you thought about it more? I know it's one of our more recent episodes that we've done. So I don't know if you guys have sat with this for like the month plus since we did it uh, and how you're feeling about that. Bridget, I know you were, you brought this to the show uh, originally. So I'll start with you. How do you feel about Saturday Night Fever still to this day? I love it. (laughs) That's great. It's a, such a good movie, and I think it. And this is not to say that movies like Dirty Dancing are are necessarily bad, but I think it's classified with them in a way that it should not be. It's much closer spiritually to a movie like Mean Streets, but at the same time, it has a killer soundtrack. I think there's a lot of broad appeal. It's just such an interesting. There's something for everyone in the movie. Yeah, that's how we felt going into it. It was like, oh, it's Dirty Dancing. Oh, it's Step Up. It's, you know, any dance movie, romantic dramedy. Mm -hmm. This is what this movie is. And we were very wrong. (laughs) Very wrong, yeah. 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 Johnny, how do you feel about Staying Alive or Saturday Night Fever? Have you thought about it anymore? Have you tried to watch it again? Have you spun the soundtrack? Uh, I have not thought about it. Uh, Thinking about it now. (laughs) Smiling right now. Uh, Yeah, the movie was a hoot. Totally... A great surprise. I thought forever that that movie was just like this clean movie about a guy who liked to dance, and it was anything but. It was raw. It was violent. It mean spirited in some ways. Uh, and it ends um, with basically a suicide. Yeah, it's just it's super dark, and and there's a lot of great liners in there. Mm-hmm. The uh, the father, the family, the Italian just economy, all that stuff is good stuff injected in, injected into me. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I really that's that was one of the best surprises that I've had on the show was watching that one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was very much surprised. I 
continued to think about it for like a week after we watched it. Because I, I remember coming away from that episode and being like, am I supposed to find this as funny as I do? Because I thought it was really funny, but I feel like I'm not supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the dark tone of the like... movie means I'm not supposed to be laughing at all of the ridiculous things that I just saw. Right. Uh, and I'm still not sure. <laughs> yeah, there should be a WebMD for like, is it okay that I laughed at that? Yeah, is it okay that I let that stupid bitch or whatever? Yes. Like that <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Listen, if there's something wrong, it's wrong with all three of us. Oh, but... really? Yeah. Yeah, and so like afterwards, I remember like I was talking to my mom about it because she's like, "Oh, I love that movie," and I was like, "Okay, dude, it's cool. such a mom's love such... Saturday Night Fever." Yeah, of course. Everybody in 1978 or whatever loves Saturday Night Fever. It seems it did very well, made a lot of money, got this sequel greenlit, um, and ultimately was a big, huge success that the Bee Gees are thankful for to this day. I'm sure. As they should. So pivoting to this, I know we talked a little bit about the sequel. Uh, at the end of that episode, because uh, we we hadn't decided on sequel September yet, so we didn't know we were going to cover it. But I want to get a sense for what you guys remember from that discussion, if anything, and kind of talk about your expectations for what you think is going to come out of staying alive. Uh, Johnny, I'll start with you. I have no expectations. None. Almost none. I well, you know what? I'll tell you what. I I believe that we're not going to get a lot of bangers in this. I think we're going to get a lot of like phoned in soundtrack choices. I think the budget constraints of maybe John Travolta's demand for coming back and doing this have squeezed certain areas of the production where maybe, you know, all the music that was so beloved in the first one is completely absent in this one. And we're dealing with, you know, a dime store composer doing disco I don't know. I could be wrong. I also, I know we touched on the storyline a bit. Don't remember any of it. Okay. So I also have no, I just don't know what to expect. Other than I suppose, I hope people took a few pages out of things that worked in the first one. Like the crotch shots (laughs) and the extended dance numbers. But I just fear that the the soundtrack is just going to be not there for this one. Okay. Bridget, what about you? What are your expectations for this? And do you remember a whole heck of a lot from what? There's a few things that I know about this movie and its development and later reception. I know quite a bit of the plot. Just put it that way. I'm not expecting it to come close to Saturday Night Fever, really, in any way. But I am hoping that some of the weird charge that that movie has can translate into the sequel, even if that energy is directed to the wrong places. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. we might not get an intense crotch shot, but, like, maybe (sighs) something else. Something equally Yeah, you gotta change things up for the sequel. It can't all be crotch shots. Um, Yeah, true. I... Is it I want more Travolta. It is not. not. Oh! Sorry. Oof. <laughs> fuck. It was a big fuck, man. <laughs> it was specifically crafted to oh, not. Oh, there's going to be product placement and Pepsi and. Oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that. I'm not at certain, White Castle I, anymore. I do know I basically read the line of, like, to ensure a PG rating somewhere in the Wikipedia article. Mm-hmm. So. That, and that was at Travolta's behest, I believe. The director. I oh, think. the director. Oh, interesting. I think it was the director, if I recall from the brief. I feel like someone just punched me in the stomach. 
Okay, so now you have some expectations. Now I do, yeah. They're not good, but yeah. like we'll see, we'll see. Again, I I hope that like the things that make quirky, shitty sequels like make me enjoy this movie, but there's a lot of things going on right now and a lot of discussions we're having currently right now that make me uneasy about the <laughs> very uneasy. I definitely know some other things that you won't you won't be happy about. <laughs> just, I'll say that much. God damn it. Uh some of the things that we that we both enjoyed in the first one, I don't think make a return. We'll kind of cover that in the after part too. So just keep lowering that bar, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I'm lowering it. Mine is in the dirt, the bar for this movie that I have. And not just because like, I kind of know the plot. I don't know the details of the plot, but I remember the basic synopsis that we went over in the last one. And I know the director. And I know that if I knew nothing else... I know that before that episode we did, specifically this latter half of that episode we did, I didn't know Saturday Night Fever had a sequel. So the fact that I don't know, I did not know this movie existed for the entirety of its existence up until a month ago means that it is not beloved. It's probably not good and never entered the cultural zeitgeist the way that Saturday Night Fever did does not bode well for this movie. Because if I knew about Saturday Night Fever, and it was lampooned and pop-cultured to death, you'd think the sequel would be as well if it lived in the pantheon of good sequels like An Empire or Godfather 2. So, if I knew nothing about what was going on, I would know that I didn't know the movie existed, which does not bode well for my opinions of what this could be. I'm just hoping that it's fun bad and not bad bad. There's that middle ground where you don't want to go past that line. Because then it's just, there's nothing redeeming about it. It's just bad lines, bad acting, bad directing, bad whatever. But you don't get to laugh at it. I want to at least laugh at it. I want to laugh at it, but if anything, we'll just shit on it a bunch. Yeah. And those where the laughs will be. Well, but that's what I'm worried about, too, is that we won't even be able to shit on it. Cause <laughs> Wait, it's going to be like, a shitty mood for watching yeah. it? We're just going to be like... Everything sucks. How do you remember this part that sucks? Remember that part that sucks? Like, I, it's going to be hard. I'm, yeah. I'm worried it's going to be hard to discuss because it'll just it's be just like. It's just going to be me coming back, like, hey, audience, I'm sorry. Adam and Johnny didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. They can't come back to record right now. They're too upset. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we did say we haven't had a movie yet where someone fell asleep. So this could be it. This you know, could be it. We could, we could make it through. It was almost Bridget last week, but she loved Predator 2 too much. I did. It was close, but I just couldn't. I was like, yeah. did you just see a fetus? I can't. I can't hold on. Let me sit up straight. That's great. Every time I looked over, I thought Bridget was slumped and asleep. And I looked, and she's just wide-eyed and not blinking. <laughs> Enamored. Yeah, it was wonderful. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, I don't have high expectations for this. I have probably some of the lowest expectations I've had for a movie in quite some time. Yeah. So, I guess that leaves room for it to exceed them. And give me some fun. I just, I want to be able to laugh at how bad it is if I don't outright enjoy it. I'm not putting a lot of stake in that part of it. <laughs> so now, Johnny, you said you do not know the director. Do you still want to not know going into this episode? You do not remember us talking. I don't remember. I, I remember us mentioning that the director of this movie is a director of a movie that we have done on this show. Or no. No, I no. don't think that's the case. No, this is a director we've not covered yet. Yes. Okay. In any capacity. That comes to prominence, or... They were already... 
they were picked off the back of a movie they had already done that they wrote and directed. Okay. So they were already known. Established director. Yes. Basically, it came down. Travolta was like, I want a guy like this guy because I just saw this movie. And they were like, okay, well, we'll just go get that guy then. And he was like, oh, shit, really? You guys will get that guy? You're not going to guess it. I I can see that the the wheel spinning in your head of like who could have don't don't worry about it. It's whatever. We'll get there in the credits. (laughs) Yeah, but you say but you said it's an area of concern for me to enjoy it. Like the mileage I'm going to have enjoying this movie is because of this director. Is that what you're insinuating? I just think this is this seems like and granted haven't watched it yet. Knowing what I know of Saturday Night Fever, yes, this does not seem like the movie in the wheelhouse of said director. Copy. <laughs> so, I don't know how that'll play. Because I, like, I'm not sure I've seen a ton of work from this director, but what I do know does not fit what I know of this movie. Was that fair to say, Bridget? I think that's fair to say. Okay. So, I, I, I honestly don't know how it'll go. It's going to be weird. I'm kind of here for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of here for it. Uh, yeah, that's like a real, like coin flip of like it could go one way or another yeah like maybe that's what this needed and no one's just taken the time to appreciate it in the years since where it never got a cult following maybe it's better than people remember it for because of how out of the box it was compared to the first and that's not what people wanted so they got this and were mad i don't know but we'll see (laughs) okay uh anything else okay Anything else you guys want to go over before we uh, sit down to watch this? Drop the needle. Um, no, I'll save it for later. Okay, fair enough. A little factoid about this movie. Okay. Well, all right then, gang. What do we have to say for ourselves? Fine. I'll, I'll watch, watch it. it. We are back. We have just finished 1983's sequel to Saturday Night Fever, entitled Staying Alive. We were all in the hot seat for this, as none of us had seen this film before. So, Johnny, I want to start with you. How are you feeling after you watching this movie? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> for most of it, I was like, this is a terrible movie, but I think it kind of won me over in the end because of how... There's just nothing going on in this movie. <laughs> no, there's no. nothing. There's, no, there's nothing going on. So as once I 
picked up on its wavelength and figured out what it was going to be dishing to me the rest of the movie, which is just a lot of rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. And then one particular number like tickled me good <laughs> towards the end. <laughs> that almost pretty much saved the experience for me. Okay. But yeah, I mean, the movie's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. Bridget, yeah. how about you? How are you feeling? Uh, we've definitely watched less enjoyable movies than this one. Okay. Yes. We've, we've laughed less. I had a great time. Okay. I had a great time. <laughs> it's not a good movie. Uh, it's, as Johnny said, it's not about anything. Um where there were a lot of, like, kind of heavy, rich themes in Saturday Night Fever that I think a lot of veins to mine, nothing. Mm. This is all surface level. Yeah. But it is a lot of surface all at once. A Viennese buffet of just garbage. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm, going to partake in all of it. That's sort of how I feel. Okay. Adam, how about you? It was bad. Uh... (laughs) Again, this is one of you those... You asked for this. I know. No, technically I did it. Well, I asked for a bad one. Um, that's true. But you suggested this. So true? I'm putting this on you. <laughs> I love to bring a, a confounding movie to the table. Um, yeah, I'm with Johnny where like three quarters of this was just like, this is bad. And it's not just that it's bad. It's that it's retreading the worst parts of the previous movie. Mm-hmm. Where in Saturday Night Fever, the stuff I didn't like was the weird love triangle, the weird, I don't want to dance with you, you don't want to dance with me, we're not dancing with each other, but I'm going to dance with somebody, kind of tete-a-tete, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one is all that. Yeah. But for the entire 90 minutes, save for the last 20, which is the Broadway number, which is so over-the-top ridiculous, but in a fun way, whereas the, uh, and I hate to bring this up, but the Annette big stadium show thing was weird and silly and stupid and I didn't like it. This was weird and silly and stupid and I did. It kind of has that going for it in the final act. Yeah, well, Annette didn't have costumes by Bob Mackie and so I think that was the main that was right. the problem. Yeah, the puppet got the wrong costume. Design. Yeah, they was wearing a flower sack. <laughs> well. Piece of shit. Yeah, so... Uh, I think my biggest problem is that Tony in this movie sucks and he carried the last one. Yeah. And here he brings it down a lot, which is a real bummer. Uh, And all of the stuff, and this is what I was kind of alluding to in the before part that we liked, Johnny, that isn't here. None of that Brooklyn, none of that family stuff, none of that like world building that we got in the first one is here. It's just kind of like, eh. Tony's a loser. He's got one friend. That's it. They don't do anything. They just practice, and they each work at different bars. Enjoy. Yeah, there's almost nothing about his personal life in this. No. I was thinking about that. I would have enjoyed more of him as the dancing waiter, more of the flophouse scenes, kind of filling in, you know, those gaps. This movie is all the Odyssey 2000 scenes from... Yeah. Like, just all of those moments and getting ready to dance, but there's none of that slower, you know, like, what is he dealing with? What is he sacrificing so that he can... Yeah, there's nothing thematically going on here. Dance. Yeah, it's like we get one montage of him, like, living in a crappy apartment and washing his clothes in the shower and working a job he doesn't like with women who want to sleep with him, but he doesn't want to sleep with them because 
he's all about that dancer life or something. Yeah. I do like that scene, though, where he's like, I always got brain damage partying with you two. <laughs> and that's the thing. I want more of that. Like, mm-hmm. cut back to him working the dead-end jobs. Because that at least injects some thing into this. Right. And for so much emphasis on the dancing, then, the time we spend with dancing, there's no sort of, like, skill set or challenges of the dancing part of it. Like, okay, if we're going to be in that world all the time, let's talk about, like, the hurdles of the routines or why they can't land a particular move or whatever. None of that is there. Yeah. Like, I'm not, and I started thinking a lot about actually Black Swan watching this movie. (laughs) Only because we spend so much time in dance studios and watching people and there's like, you know, different relationships going on and stuff like that. And it's clear the director slept with the main Correct, yeah. So there was was some stuff going on there, but, and I wasn't certainly asking that movie to go deeper than any, than surface level. But just give me a little bit of something. Because it really is just montage after montage. And the, the... the screenwriting is atrocious. Mm-hmm. We only laughed unintentionally at a handful of things. Yeah, this movie I know I'm not supposed to find is funny. Correct. <laughs> yeah, I, I still had a good time. No, I, yeah, I had a good time. <laughs> and to your point about the 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 seeing the play at the end of the uh, stage show, they didn't allude to any of that. Like the other than it was called Satan's Alley, I just didn't give it any credence that it was going to be so. Dark and baroque Dude. and just so... It's like Suspira the musical. I felt like I was watching, like, Temple of Doom by the end, where <laughs> she was like... I just like... Yeah, I know. And it was just like red lights and big bassy drums and... Yeah, we got one... Again, one line alluded to the story of the play. Yeah. Which was, a guy goes down to hell, he's got to get back to heaven. Right? Like, that was yeah. the, the gist that of it. That was it. Didn't think anything of it. Yeah. And then we got Kali Ma. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that was a nice surprise. It was a, it was, a, it was pleasant. <laughs> I didn't know what the show was going to be, or even if we'd even get to the show, or something would derail him before he even made it, so to speak. And, like, when he was going to threaten to walk out, I thought he might actually do it. And be like, all right, the story here is in him rising to fame and fortune. The story here is, hey, life's tough in New York, man. You just got to keep at it. You got to keep working. Not everybody gets the part. Yeah. But no, it was... It was happy ending. It was, he gets the girl. It was all of the, like, most cliche, tropey things. Yeah. It just felt, so it felt super unsatisfying in a movie that didn't deserve it. I feel like the only genuine moment that I had, like, character development-wise was when he visited his mother and he's like, that wasn't me. And she's like, well, that kind of was. You are kind of like a dick. (laughs) Like, that was, like, really, like, the best, like, genuine part of the movie. Where he's like, all right, I guess I am. Yeah. And they, like, ate pie together and, like, they moved on with the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a nice moment in an otherwise, like, very just boring movie for the most part. The one thing I didn't like about that scene is it really, and this is a thing that happens in sequels and in TV show revivals and in anything where a character comes back after being gone for so long, is that it feels very empty without the former priest brother or the dad. Like, it's just the mom in the house. Was it even the same mother? It was it the was. same mother. It was, okay. Yeah. Um, so the two of them are the only ones that came back for this, seemingly. At least that caught my eye. But it felt empty and hollow with no explanation of like, did your dad die? Is he at work? 
did your brother move out? How's he doing? Like these characters. Where's your sister? Yeah. He had a sister? He has a sister too. Okay. Where's the sister? You know, like these are characters that I liked in the first movie that were integral. I guess not the sister though. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) She, she didn't have enough to do. Um, Yeah. I kind of want like the spaghetti dinner with like half the tablecloth, like tucked out his shirt. Yeah. Or like, like he, he shows up there in the middle of the night, do that scene, but at breakfast. Where, like, dad's getting ready to go to work. Yeah. He's found a job since the last movie, so that's good. We get to figure that out. You know, I don't necessarily need a backstory catch-up on his friends and everybody. Right. But if you're going to go have this, like, poignant, kind of heartfelt scene of self-discovery, which is the only thing of depth this movie wants to go for, yeah, fill it, either don't have it in the house and just have him meet Ma at, like, a coffee shop or a diner or something. Or filled the house with the same cast of characters that filled the house last time. It didn't time. even seem like it was the same house, which also threw it off. Yeah, I don't remember Whatever, the house yeah. set specifically enough, but it just it felt weird and empty as a result. Same thing with like her going to the play at the end, and there was like seats next to her that were empty. Yeah. Where was the dad? Where was the brother? He only had 26 bucks? Like, okay, I guess that makes sense. He's struggling, but it just made the whole thing seem very empty and very mm. like, hey, remember this? We're doing a sequel. <laughs> Well, nothing tops the ending where they're like, remember the beginning of this other movie? We're going to do it at oh, the end. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that didn't feel earned either. It was fun. Like, it was a nice, fun scene, but I would have preferred that happy strut scene after he slept with Laura or whatever her name was the first time, rather than the scene in the rain where he calls his girlfriend, right? Girlfriend? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll break that down in a second. (laughs) Um, We'll circle back. Yeah. But I felt like that strut was a cool, fun callback not to end the movie, though. No. And it, and because how much time has elapsed since the first one? The first one came out, what, 1978, want to say? Yes. 70. 77. 77. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like six years away. Yeah. You're six years away from like the golden age of disco i think and now you're getting to all the music that we heard in this one and they just slap back to that bg song it just felt out of place even for that because i even got to the point where i'm like okay we're not getting the disco in this one we're getting like because 1983 like we're getting new wave synth shit like yeah Yeah. and i dug a lot of it guys Uh, (laughs) 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 dance dance Uh, <laughs> Frank Stallone. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, a lot of Frank Stallone numbers. Yeah. All bangers. All bangers. Yeah, you gonna go buy a Frank Stallone album after I this? I might, just to see what it's like. Dude, <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, we just, just give it a shot. Yeah, I. It was the, like the first Frank Stallone number that, like, I leaned over to you and I'm like, this thing kind of slaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when oh, they're yeah, at the, the bar. Oh yeah, yeah, at the bar. Yeah. yeah. Um. Then there's a moment at her party where there's a Frank Stallone song called Moody Girl playing. Mm-hmm. And the chorus is like, Moody Girl, she never smiles. Oh, yeah, you love that <laughs> so one, too. I was like, what the fuck are we listening to? She's down on and never looks up. Oh, 
Um, I that one part like is my personal favorite. It really tickled me, but yeah, breakout star of the soundtrack is Dance and Fire. Uh Yeah. <laughs> Dance Fire. <laughs> See that they played the like the like the original song and there was a remix of it where like there was more like cavernous reverb effects put on. It was like fire, fire, fire. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, and there were like just like animal like like you'd hear a leopard. It in was the very animalistic, too. yeah. It's probably the oh, demons yeah. in Satan's Alley. Yep. Was that even in the show, or was that just in the rehearsals that we heard that? No, that I think specific we specific version we only hear in rehearsals. Okay. But the yeah. opening number is like the number they were practicing. Yeah, yeah. Dance. But yeah, there dun, was no dance. Dun 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 dun. Or you were just experiencing so much sensory overload, you couldn't even hear couldn't even the hear. music. There's too it. much thrusting. Yeah. Oh my god, there's so much. Too, too many women appearing out of the floor. The the fog of the floor. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm getting in the fog. I don't know about I don't know about that guy, but I'm getting in the fog. <laughs> None but skippy thong leotards down there. I'm getting in the fog. <laughs> no, soundtrack was good though. Not I don't think as good as the first, but I think those songs are so iconic now. Right. Whereas like these are ones we've never heard before, realistically. Like I've never heard of any of these songs before. Yeah. But I at least heard the the Bee Gees hits from the first one, so there's that extra layer to it. These are good though. Different vibe. I like a good 80s vibe. Yeah, it was a good... It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's circle back to this relationship here. Mm-hmm. Because I am very confused. At the beginning of the movie, they are, as far as we know, boyfriend-girlfriend? Or are they, like, friends with benefits? She sort of implies, like, you've fucked around on me before. Yeah. But she's but it, not angry enough. Yeah. Like they were, and she loves him, as she states mm-hmm. very passionately while crying. And it's yet, the Tony Monero effect. I guess. But like, if this movie wants me to root for Tony when he's at his seemingly lowest, which is the start of this movie, because at the start of this movie he's pathetic as fuck. Why is he this weird? Like, che- he's actively cheating on what I'm supposed to assume is his girlfriend on the floor above her. Like she's getting changed after the first performance he goes to see of her. And he's actively trying to fuck the lead in the show she's just in. Right. I mean, I think, well, in the beginning, they they wake up in the morning and she's like, I'm going to miss you. And he's very, like, removed. He's just like, well, you, you don't have to tell that to me. Yeah. And they kiss. Yeah. And he says, like, one of my favorite lines of the movie, which is, oh. I'm trying to get something going today, <laughs> which I fucking love. I'm he going that, to like, use. Three times. Three times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it'll be every time. Their yes. favorite lines in the script were, I've got a prior commitments, and I'm trying to make a thing happen today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get something going. Today. That's that's absolutely a Sylvester Stallone line. That's something I feel like yeah, he I feel wakes like up and says. Hey, I'm just trying to get something going today. <laughs> <laughs> and I said while we're there, we can just discuss his quick cameo, which... Amazing. Blink and you'll miss it. Blink and you... We, we missed we're, it. We you saw it. I was like, guys... Guys, you need to see this. Yeah, and thank you, because... <laughs> His wardrobe is... The pelt or whatever he's got. It's like a multi-layered fur coat thing. Like, there's a there's a part on the shoulders that is different from the rest of the yeah, coat. Yeah, it's, it's just yeah, a like coat of many animals. Yeah. 
looks great. Yeah, he looked great. I mean, second in line is the director. He was wearing some serious shit. Yeah, he also had some crazy Like the Navajo clothes. thing going on, that cigarette Pendleton, in his mouth. yeah. Aviator glasses. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, we'll get to that Superman movie, but he looks like one of, like, Zod's, like... Mm. Henchman. The henchman, yeah. Yeah, kind of looks like Zod. Kind of looks like Zod, yeah. He, he's not a BG, right? He looks like a BG. No, I kept thinking, I'm like... I don't know the director's is name. Is that Kenny like, Loggins? Like, I couldn't... I was like, yeah. what? Who is Kenny that? Well, like, I saw, it's like he's like an unknown guy, I think. Yeah, because like I was trying to look up on like IMDb and Wikipedia to be like, okay, who's the director? Because that's all they ever call him is like the director. But there's nobody in the cast list named the director. Like, Red Foreman is in there as choreographer right. for his brief little snippet in the beginning. But there's nobody... The, oh, the, my best guess is that his name is Jesse. And he's just some random dude who's never been in anything. Except some case, some episodes of Matlock, it seems, and Murder, She Wrote. I enjoyed, so like, I enjoyed him. <laughs> yeah, I did too. That's why I'm really uh, surprised that he's like, nobody. But yeah, I hated every part of that relationship triangle thing. Mostly because it was, we didn't get a clear establishment of the rules at the beginning of what yeah. they are. Because there's that other line she throws out there of, like, don't come telling me every time you got, like, a crush or whatever. Because, yeah. like, okay, so that implies friends with benefits, but then everything else implies committed relationship other than the fact they don't live together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I feel like that would have worked so much better if it was the girl from the first one. I know there's their routine. History. They yeah. do on and off. They do hot and cold. That has continued for five, six years of them just constantly going back to each other. Whereas this, like, this is just some girl who seems really nice, and I don't understand why he's jerking her around. Mm-hmm. Mm. How do you feel about Laura? I kind of liked the, like, I'm better than you and I know it kind of vibe that she had. Because, like, Tony needs to be put in his place every now and again. Yeah. But then it didn't go anywhere. It didn't do anything. They hooked up once. He got weird and clingy. She was like, okay, bye. Like, I'm rich. I'm famous. You're n- you're a backup dancer. Toodles. Yeah. And then, then he got back together with Jackie, and then they just stayed together for the rest of the movie and were happily ever after. Yeah. And then she's just, like, Satan incarnate. Well, yeah. yeah. Which feels very Black Swan. She's embodying her character from the show. Yeah. Um, but it didn't come to a head. Jackie didn't find out they slept together. She was conveniently five seconds off screen every time it got brought up. Everyone else in the movie knows about it except for her. And she just sees these daggers she gets from from Laura, and she's just like, she yeah. hates me. I wonder why. He's like, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because you're a good dancer. Yeah. You know, like, okay. Sure. Cool. When she broke up with him, I wrote down in my notes, she's smart. She, she's got it. And then she took him back. I was like, yeah, she's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I thought, I'm like, okay, so they're not going to reunite until the end of the movie, and they're back together in ten minutes. I was yeah. like, Eh, fuck this movie. Okay. But it's not about that. No. No, it's, it's about trying to dance. find out whose limo that is. <laughs> whose limo is <laughs> Whose fucking limo is this? He asked that after he's been in her, like, apartment that has the biggest bed in the whole world. Oh, the in bed it. is atrociously amazing, <laughs> as I can describe it. Yeah, that was a... Oh, my God. It looked like one of those, like, clamshell Yeah, somewhere between a clamshell and it looked like, like the Batmobile at the same time. Yeah. Because it's huge. It's huge. It's wide. It's like a boat. <laughs> it is a boat, yeah. It's like something you see, like, in a parade. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. It's a parade float. 
Yeah, and like Miss Minnesota is like waving at people. <laughs> you know what it is? A car bed is driving underneath. Correct. Car. That's how it moves through the apartment. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he just kept asking, "Who's yeah. whose limo is this?" Like, dude, it's her. She's rich. Get over it. Yeah, I know. I really kind of wanted an answer by the end of it. They spent like at least two or three scenes asking about the limo. Like it would have been great if, like, during their little like hallway makeout, Jackie and uh, and Tony at the end, when like it's clear no more drama is going to happen and the movie's just over, it would have been great if they did that like just outside the door, like on the sidewalk, and you see Laura get in the thing and her being like, "I really hate that she has that limo," and Tony be like, "It's her limo, oh my god." <laughs> <laughs> now I'm gonna strut. <laughs> I thought we were going to get one of those things where she was kind of like masquerading as someone who's wealthy and rich and somehow was not. Like she oh. was actually a like on her ass broke somehow. Hmm. That she's just like house sitting for Basically, yeah, exactly. Life. Some of my friends. There were like 50 people at that party. Rich people got a lot of friends, man. Good guess, man. A lot of friends. And that song in the background just fucking... Smooth <laughs> girl should never smiles. <laughs> I love how the song is playing, and as soon as it says she never smiles, Laura cracks a smile in the movie. I'm like, you messed up, Frank. She's smiling right now. Yeah. yeah. There's some on-the-nose editing here that's, like, pretty funny. You laughed at one in particular where it was, like, a cut to a dancer. It's like... She's, like, shaking a little ass or something. Yeah, it's it's right in tune with whatever the riff is. And the riff is literally, like, you say... Yeah. She's, like, shaking her chest. Yeah. Flapping her arms like a wacky way to play ball arm playing tube man. Outrageous. I also, um, costume corner aside, Laura has the most insane hair for a dancer. Pin that shit back when you're doing plies. Sure, yeah. Like, it's just, just so much hair. I kind of get it for the satanic vibe, though, because it feels very, like, fire, flame. Like, it's just all over the place. It's unpredictable. Yeah. So from a character standpoint, I get that, but, like... Maybe put it up in rehearsals, unless you want to mimic the real show vibe of you're gonna get smacked in the face by my hair constantly. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I just <laughs> it's a lot of hair, and I know it's the real actress's hair, and it's it's just a shocking look, especially when you compare her. I guess it gives a good creates some distance between her and Jackie if Jackie has that classic '80s mullet, mm-hmm. and then. Laura just has, like, hair past her ass. Like, the type of hair that, like, of a woman who, like, used to go on Oprah. Be like, <laughs> I haven't cut my hair for 20 years. And she'd be like, we're gonna get a haircut today. You know what I mean? Like, that's all I could think about every time I saw her. And, like, she's meant to be, like, so glamorous and British and in her limo. Rich. And I'm like, give me some scissors. Get the scissors. <laughs> I'm, I'm making scissors gestures. You can't hear them because they're not real scissors. They're with my fingers. <laughs> get some of the, those dead ends, just baby. Cut it. Yeah, women are just throwing themselves at Tony, though. Yeah. He seems so angry about it. <laughs> so, Leave me alone. Yeah. I don't want any of this. Yeah. Yeah, those are groupies. Your groupies are back. I don't want them. Okay, well... Can I have them? No. Yeah, no. I don't, well, I don't need your. I don't need your leftovers. Then I don't need your hand me downs. Great walk. Oh my god. <laughs> that woman. Great walk. That woman was ready to lunge and devour him. Yeah. Eat him alive. Yeah. Like, like in the R version, it's like great cock. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> in the PG, like we gotta change it to walk. See, yeah. 
Yeah, we should be allowed to make a version of this movie, like an, sort of the inverse of when an R-rated movie plays on TNT. Like, we're creating a version of Staying Alive to be on HBO, where, right. like, it's just amped up. You know, it deserves it after what they did to Saturday Night Fever, stripping it down for airplanes and TV and releasing right. it as PG in the theaters. So we we deserve yeah. the opportunity to make this an R-rated movie with lines like, great cock. Great cock. <laughs> but the thing is, this... All the raw and gritty shit in the first one was all the off the stage, off the dance floor stuff. Mm-hmm. So when you're spending it all in the dance, there's not really room to see someone get stabbed on a subway or yeah. any of that shit. Yeah. No, it's all dancer work melodrama. Correct. Yeah. None of these dancers are like, yeah, let's, go, of... let's go do a hate crime. You're <laughs> <laughs> in free time. Correct, yeah. I mean, I suppose you could have threw a dash of cocaine in there at some point, but they're just too busy smoking cigarettes and eating apples or some shit. So. <laughs> it is the 80s. Yeah. So that would have been appropriate. Yeah, it would have been appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, but it is it is interesting. There's not a lot of violence in this movie. There's not cursing. But there's so much sexual innuendo. And tension. And, like, tension. And, like, even, like, the the show director like going up to Laura being like mm, still ticklish like I was like what the fuck yeah it still has an edge I mean it's not completely like butter smooth like with its shit but yeah it's just a, it's an interesting choice of edge it is it's a sexual edge yeah. yeah so his girlfriend's name is what again not Laura the other one Jackie. Jackie Jackie the dance number with him and Jackie is fantastic the, like the one with the like practice. The rehearsing the leads. Yeah. Oh, some good shots in there. Another Frank Stallone banger. Correct. <laughs> but you, we got some good faces. Yeah. You left a few out. Oh my Travolta god! The was... slow motion. He's just like gritting his teeth, biting his lip, snarling and smiling like at the same time. And like on his knees, spine is all the way back. Just ripped. I mean, the dance numbers were pretty good. A lot of them were like the same moves, but it seemed like they were they were doing a lot of work there. A lot of the jumps looked really high. I mean, obviously it's camera angle assisted, yeah. but like in the show specifically, he's doing that like jumping karate kick. That was pretty sweet. Right. That had Stallone written all over it. The like the ending scene where he's just got her hoisted up on one arm on this like rising platform was pretty sick. Yeah, I love how they matched like the. The ridiculous, crude cartoon drawing on the playbill that's on there where he's holding that off. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm so glad we really did that. Oh, when it faded <laughs> yeah, from yeah, the yeah. practice rehearsal into the playbill? Yeah. That was, that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've talked about my feelings on it. How did you guys feel about Tony in this? He's not as good. He's not as charming. But I still love him. He's very moody. Mm-hmm. He's got a chip on his shoulder about something. Well, obviously, he's trying to make it and get a job paying for it and not be a fucking a bar back or bartender, whatever he is, a yeah. waiter. Yeah, he's been at it for six years, and he doesn't seem like he's gotten any headway whatsoever. So I suppose there's some reason to be upset about it, but it's certainly not the seemingly more pleasant one in the first one, yeah. Tony. He does seem to have mellowed, though. Like, there's that scene early on where he gets to Fatima's dance studio, and she comes up to yell at him. And she's giving him a bunch of shit. And he's like, I'm just having a hard day. And she's like, I don't care. And he says, if I give you a million dollars, would you be mad at me? And she just, no hesitation, says yes. 
And, like, his response is just very, like, really? Come on. Like, he's just very relaxed, whereas I think the Tony of Saturday Night Fever would have been like, fuck you, bitch. Well, he gets some of that later when he's talking to, like, Laura, and he's yeah. trying to grab her arm and trying to tell Jackie what to do. Um, so he still has some of that, like, <laughs> asshole motif. I just wanted more of that charming. That's what works so well in the first one, is that he's got quips and he's got charm and swagger and i understand losing it and kind of starting at the bottom but his switch was flipped like really quickly and it didn't seem earned so the whole journey kind of i feel like is ruined as a result where if i could see like the cracks in the armor come a little bit more with his return to having any fun (laughs) but the whole like the whole opening party is just sad and that when he's trying to flirt with Laura for the first time was just so cringy and awkward. And I'm just like watching the stagehands laughing. In the background. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't, this isn't Tony. This isn't what I want. I want, I want that swagger to kind of never go away. Cause even in the down times in the first one, he still kept that. It's really depressing to see that six years in Manhattan beat that out of him. Mm. And we only really get it at the end when he decides to strut because he went off script and threw that girl. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Yeah, he throws her. He yeah. does. He's like, oh, I don't have it, do I? Here you go, hit the floor. Yeah. Hit the fog. <laughs> yeah, hit the fog. Go hit the fog. Get back in the fog. Get back in the fog. <laughs> <laughs> Take a tumble in the fog. Oh, my little factoid that I was afraid to share at the start, because I didn't want to color anyone's viewing experience, but I believe this is the first film on Rotten Tomatoes to get a 0%. Mm-hmm. I was just about to check that to see if it still has it. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go in and change it to a 10%. Like, yeah, yeah. When I read that earlier, it was something like, it only had like 25 reviews. Mm. And uh, the average score was like two and a half out of 10, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it still sits at a zero out of 27 reviews. So, the critical consensus is, uh, the sequel to Saturday Night Fever is shockingly embarrassing and unnecessary, trading the original's dramatic depth for a series of uninspired dance sequences. Fair. Fair. Yeah. Fair. No arguments here. Zero percent, though. That's an achievement in and of itself. Yeah. Go for broke. (laughs) Some of the blurbs, staying alive isn't just a disappointment, it's a disgrace. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. As always, Travolta is urban, gorgeous, and very charming. The rest of the film is neither. Uh, gorgeous. A sequel with no understanding of what made its predecessor work. I Correct. do agree with that. Uh, the movie lacks life. Not quite a career low for John Travolta. Two of a kind was still to come, but one he nevertheless would probably love to forget. So, yeah, not good. Hmm. Two out of ten, four out of ten, one and a half out of five, one out of four. Uh, Roger Ebert. Now, was it was it Ebert who loved the first one and saw it seventeen times, or was that Siskel? Siskel. Okay, Siskel's not here on the blurb, uh, but Ebert says a slick commercial cinematic jukebox, a series of self-contained song and dance sequences that could be cut apart and played forever on MTV, which is probably what will happen. Also true. Yeah, that seems very apt, because you're right, Johnny, you said this earlier, like, it is just dance montage, dance montage, dance montage, dance montage. Yeah, that's all it is. John Travolta has claimed, this is according to IMDb Trivia, so take this with a grain of salt, 
But John Travolta has claimed his favorite director to work with was Sylvester Stallone. He said Stallone knew how to make him look the best on screen. I mean... I mean, he looks great, I mean... Yeah, from a purely visual standpoint, he's not wrong. (laughs) Right. He's constantly oily, sweaty, and abbed. Yeah. You know, like... He's more more cut in this one. He's incredibly cut. You never see... You don't really... There's one shirtless scene with Tony in the first one where he's blow-drying his hair. Yeah. You get several here. The shower, the whole last number, all shirtless. I mean, he's got Stallone, for Christ's sake, so he probably just gave him the Rambo, don't drink water, get ripped workout. Yeah. Maybe slipped him a steroid or two. <laughs> it's funny. There's shots in that dance number. Like, if I had seen, had not seen this movie beforehand, I'd be like, that's not in a sequel to Saturday Night Fever. Like, I'm looking at another movie. Mm. That he is in. Yeah, I mean, it's a different kind of dancing entirely. Yeah. Which may or may not work for some people. I would totally understand if the leaps in jumping ballet part is less, I don't know, interesting than, like, just a guy who goes to the club on the weekends and is just really good at dance. Something about the fact that like everybody's there makes it almost less impressive that there's a company of 50 people all doing the exact same thing. It's not. It's still very impressive. I could never do it. But something about the movie world of it makes Tony and the director says as much feel less special. But that's the whole point of me going to see this movie is he should feel special. He should feel like the like a big deal like he was in the first one. I know. Big Fish, Small Pond, and this is more the fish-out-of-water story, I guess. But from a purely viewing experience, okay, cool. He went and he failed. I don't want to watch that. (laughs) He kind of failed in the first one, too, technically, but he at least learned something. He didn't learn from anything here. He just failed upward. Right. Do you think Laura got on the audition? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I wonder if there would have been a way to show us that as opposed to just the... Because, like, everybody, again, seems to know that they fucked and that mm-hmm. he's only here because she wants to keep him around, to, you know, dancing keep on a string, so to speak. Hook. Yeah. Because he has the conversation with Jackie where he's like, you didn't say anything. You don't know anybody. You're not connecting. She's like, no, you did this. He's like, all right, I did it all on my own. That's awesome. Yeah, but you did. Yeah, right. Well, technically, th- his efforts, you could argue, maybe not on the dance floor, but elsewhere. Mm. Yeah. Got him there. She had fun. Yeah. She enjoyed it. People were coming back for him. Yeah. <laughs> That's how the customers, yeah. Even the ones that injure him still come back. Mm-hmm. Like, I broke you and I still want more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's nothing to this movie. It's not a good movie, but it's a fun, bad movie, I would say. Watch the clips on YouTube. Okay. All right. I mean, that's, that's where I feel about it. I don't know that I would sit through this again. No. And I think, I think, save for, like, the fire dance, our song, <laughs> and, like, the last number, like, I, I, I would have, like, hated this movie, I think. Yeah, that didn't come in. Like, yeah, I think it, I, it definitely saved it for me, and kind of just, I was like, all right, I kind of gave into, like, all right, this, this is what you're going to be? This is what you're giving me? Yeah. Soulless and... I'll eat it, I suppose. <laughs> I'll have the stomach ache, but... Yeah. Yeah, I think from the moment he walks back into the rehearsal space after almost quitting to the end feels like a very good successor to Saturday Night Fever. Like, it feels like it's the same Tony. He's working hard. He believes in himself. He's putting in all the effort. He's got all his eggs in this basket. The melodrama part is kind of over, save for the eyeball-scratching kiss 
during the show. Mm. That's really the only other point of any melodrama that isn't just a dirty look in a mirror. That's super enjoyable, but it uh, it does not save the first half enough for me. Yeah, I know you guys had mentioned this would be on the shorter side. You feel like every minute of this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think once I knew we were kind of getting to that final stretch, we were rounding third, essentially, I was like, I started forgiving the movie, and I was like, all right, at least the movie's giving me some fun shit towards the end. But yeah, you're off, like, the first three quarters are fucking terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Some stuff to laugh at. There was some stuff to laugh at, but not nearly as much as, say, like, a good, bad movie. It doesn't get that label. Okay. Bridget enjoyed it, though. I know Bridget I enjoyed good, it. Yeah. I had a good time. But but how much of that was the save at the end? Like, if you, if the rest of the movie was like the first half, were you still on board, you think? Like, did you come around on this, or were you there the whole time, like, on its wavelength, ready for the ride? I think I was ready for the ride, but I do, and I also enjoy the dance movie genre, your step-ups, your Save the Last Dances. So, yeah. like, if you view this movie, like, does belong firmly in that category and you say this is a really bad version of one of those Mm -hmm. like a bad version of center stage great yeah so the like the theme or the genre is what really carried you through this whereas like johnny and i don't have that so that makes sense yeah so i'm latching on to like the vibe and the music which it did give me for through most of it but i knew what the issue this movie was gonna have the the story and i knew where everything was going so it was just like and it took forever to sort of get through that part of it. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted, for me, the enjoyment came from the outrageous songs mm-hmm. juxtaposed against what I was seeing. The freeze frames. The freeze frames. The slow-mos. Yeah. And then just because the dance number didn't have really any melodrama outside of like a kiss that we saw. Mm-hmm. That was it. And the return to the fog tumble. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've seen a movie like this empty in a long time. <laughs> like truly this <laughs> is so empty I know it is it's nothing there's nothing there's nothing nothing going on there's not even he- there's the not eyes. even helium in this balloon this is not Mm-mm. you let this go it's falling to the ground yeah, it's like oh, that shit you buy at fucking Hallmark you know what I mean yeah oh, it's <laughs> nothing <laughs> It's, it's it's nothing. This is this movie is neither good nor bad. It's just nothing. It's just nothing. It's just a movie. It's just like, it's just a movie, it's just guys. Just a, a collection of images yeah. set to sound. Of all the movies that have ever existed, this is one of them. Yeah, you know, that's the way I kind of yeah. feel about it, it. It met the SAG rules and it became a movie. Yeah, no, all the union people got paid their dues. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> that's the worst kind of movie, though. Correct. Like, I. I always hear people being like, that was the worst movie. I'm like, no, it wasn't. It just existed. Like, I don't remember it. Nothing happened in it. Worth note, there were no memorable scenes. It just happened. And yeah. I don't hate it because I don't remember it. So. I think what I hate. What did I do? Most about it is the <laughs> motivation behind making it. Like, it was so lazy. Impossibly lazy. Yeah, it was the first one cost $3 million profit. And made $200 million. Right. So, of course, you're going to greenlight that and want to do it again because, hey, free money, basically. Uh, this one was a, I think, a 20 something, $22 million 
budget only made 127 so it actually did make a decent amount of money i'm sure it did honestly to the point where i'm surprised there's not a third you know people went to see it turn them out until people go to stop going to see it or at the very least pivot to a straight to vhs model of oh from the studio that brought you saturday night fever here's new guy trying to dance in city go right i feel like people who originally went to go see saturday night live Sorry, Saturday Night Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> who walked away from it? They, I mean, not to say they did, they did a focus group per se with this movie, but like they would say, "What was your the takeaways from the first one?" I think most people would say the dance numbers. Like fuck it, just give them that. Yeah, they don't want fucking stupid bitch fucking rape backseat bullshit. They want dance numbers, and they got it. They did, yeah. And they're not wrong for wanting it. No, they're not. However, you need. Something else to tie it to. You need a binder. Like, you yeah. need... Right. You can't just throw a bunch of stuff in a pot and be like, that's going to turn into a cake, right? Like, no, you need stuff to bring it together and, like, make it a thing. <laughs> right. And this doesn't, like, this doesn't have any of that. It it's just like, anything. cool, you're here, to, you're here for the dancing. We know. Dance. Yeah, like, it's no, like, it's not what like I love cup, about the You see, like, a one. cupcake, like, on a table and you go to grab it and it's just a plastic cupcake toy. It's like, oh. Mm. Santa cupcake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Looks this like one. I wanted. I mean, based on the return, it seems like half of the people from the first one loved the dancing and went to this one, and the other half wanted the story and the Yeah, they wanted to the have yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, uh, that fell off. This almost didn't get made. It was kind of Travolta's fault that it almost didn't get made, and then it was his fault that it did. Because yeah. <laughs> they, they, they came to him, and he was like, no, I want a happier ending. Like, I want, I want Tony to have success. I don't want him to be down on his luck. It says here that he didn't like the pessimism in the script, or the original script, mm. which a lot of that seems to have stayed. But I feel like because Stallone came in and helped rewrite it, that's why he gets the, I'm assuming, I don't know the original ending. I don't know if you've seen it, Bridget, but no. I, I assume based on his uh, Travolta's objections that he didn't get the show at the end or he did, but he failed. And like the show was a flop or something like, it seems like he was, Maybe getting close, but not there. Whereas this, it seems like he's going to be the next big Broadway megastar. Because, like, standing ovation, everybody loved him, rags to riches kind of thing, happy ending strut. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He quits the dance and then cut to the strut, and that's the movie. You mm-hmm. didn't even see the number at the end. It certainly would have made for a shorter movie. <laughs> possible. Well, yes. <laughs> Was it poss- possibly? No, it's true. But yeah, so we didn't touch on this, Johnny. We obviously alluded to knowing who the director was. How did you feel about this uh, Sylvester Stallone directorial outing? Ugh. Yeah, no. No? No. Okay. I can tell, a lot of times I can, I can tell, like, an actor's, like, debut with, like, a movie, what they believe is, like, filmmaking or whatever. But yeah, this is just, it's all gloss. Yeah, Travolta had basically saw Rocky Three. Yeah. Which Stallone wrote, directed, and starred. And was like, I want a guy like that to make this. And then Paramount President Michael Eisner, like, helped get them Stallone. Yeah. To be like, hey, come direct this dance movie. I can kind of see the influence, especially in that last number, because it does feel, and it's not, maybe it's just the hair and the headbands, but it feels very, like, Rambo. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, I like, I kind of get it from that standpoint, but... He didn't really do anything. I mean, this isn't his. This is his fourth directorial outing after two Rockies and something called Paradise Alley, and then after this, it's just all Rockies and Rambo's mm. and The Expendables. 
right. for him as a as a director, but just super outside his wheelhouse, which was what I was worried about is that he wouldn't he wouldn't bring the necessary tools to something like I feel like somebody with more of a dance background or a musical background or even a Broadway background probably would have jazzed it up a bit more. Yeah, there were undoubtedly choreographers and people involved with it, but they certainly weren't asked about the life of being a dancer and the trials and tribulations of doing that professionally. Mm-hmm. It was really just, hey, you need to teach these group of actors how to fucking dance. Or which, at least one of them, or two of them. Yeah, which to Travolta's credit, he did all the dancing again. No, yeah, he looks, yeah, he's guys flying around looking great. Yeah, he was basically, you know, not committed to this and thought it was dead. And then they're like, all right, well, we got Stallone. You want to do this? And he's like, all right, fine. And then, like, went into getting ready and getting pumped. Sure. But Stallone's rewrites was what made it a little bit more upbeat and closer to what Travolta wanted for the story. So I think got that's it. why we got the happy ending that we did. Sure. It says here that uh, Travolta spent five months doing training to get the dancer's physique and lost 20 pounds. Wow. All from the ab region, I would guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no fat on them. Any other particular favorites? Try to end on some good things. Any any good quips we didn't cover? Any particular favorite shots or side care? We didn't even really get any side fun side characters besides I like the walk lady. I liked Fatima, the owner of the dance studio. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the stage director, the dance director, fun little character, mm-hmm. his wardrobes were great. The mother had a couple of fun lines when she's doing, like, the cross thing or whatever. Because <laughs> it's, it's getting extra satan Yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah, getting extra satan Yeah, because I just spent a hell of a lot of time on the three. Yeah. I think my favorite line was probably when Frank Stallone comes to drop Jackie off at the dance studio. And I don't remember how it gets started. Uh, is it, oh, he's like, in good ha- she's in good hands. He's like, do you, you want me to stay? You okay? He's like, yeah, he's in good hands. He's like, what do you all stay? And he's like, yeah, you want disability? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty good. That's about. great. And then my favorite, I think my favorite shot in the whole movie is when it cuts to Travolta in the end. And he's basically in this like neon smoke tunnel effect. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where like the line, it's basically shooting like a box grid pattern filled with smoke. And he's just moving inside that. Like, I thought that looked really cool. Yeah, it looked like Tron. Yeah, it did. <laughs> and I like when Satan's Alley turned into a sex dungeon. That was fun. Oh, the, oh, God. oh yeah. The, the Very cat, sexy. Yeah, the Catwoman costumes from Batman Returns yeah. and everybody, and they're just whipping him. Yeah, I like all the girls in the back, like, come on, ladies, as they pull the gimp mask over their nose. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Getting ready come for on, girls. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, that'll do it then for this week's episode of Fine. I'll watch it. Remember, you can find every episode of Fine. I'll watch it every Thursday morning. On Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Remember, you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. So let us know what you think of staying alive. Uh, how do you feel it compares to Saturday Night Fever? Would you have theoretically watched a third in this franchise on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods? But once again, for fine, I'll watch it. My name is Adam. I'm Bridget. And I'm Johnny. And thanks so much for listening. Bye.